Anyway, yeah, we're not yep. lawyers. We don't know what we're talking about. So do everything we say at your own risk. Yes, and don't sue us. <laughs> Welcome to Tokyo Cheapo Podcast. Think Tokyo's expensive? Well, think again. All the best tips for visiting and living in Tokyo on a pittance. Cheap sushi, cheap sausages, cheap dates, cheap dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads, cheap bikes, cheap booze, cheap chicken. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and the cheapos to another Tokyo Cheapo podcast. I'm Chris Kirkland, joined by Greg Lane. How are you, Greg? I'm very good. How about you, Chris? I'm good. I'm、uh, growing a beard because I want to save money on razors. A rather bushy beard, actually, I must say. Massive beard. Maybe we'll、uh, scare the cheaper listeners with a photo. Yeah, yeah. Today is a, a very special day for me. It's my 14th anniversary from, since coming to Japan on this day. Wow.、So、14 years ago. Got the cheapo champagne、yep. from uh, uh, Yamaya、uh-huh. on special offer. Yep. 14 years to the day. Congratulations, Greg. Yeah, I, still, I, still I, re- I still remember jumping on the Narita Express and, and getting off at Shinagawa.、Uh, actually, it wasn't the Narita Express. I took the, the regular train and I got off at、uh, Shinagawa and, and went to、um, a coffee shop. And I got, like got a, a true cheapo. Well, I, taking I, the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I took the normal train and then I got off at the coffee shop and I, I ordered a, a coffee. And I think it cost something like 600 yen, which at the time was about、uh, 12 New Zealand dollars. Wow. So that's, that's when I、um, was thinking, you know, what have I done? I'm going to go broke here.、But、that was when, where my kind of motivation for being cheap started. Right at the beginning. Yeah. Before we continue, did, have you ever made any ridiculously expensive purchases? Well, when I arrived in Japan about seven years ago, the yen was actually at almost at its weakest. I was、uh, blissfully surprised by how cheap everything turned out to be. Right, right. Of course,、um, this all went、uh, pear shaped. When the financial crisis hit about two years later,、right. and、uh, the pound halved in value against the yen. Yeah, that's and suddenly, right. Everyone s p i l e d into yen. Suddenly, my lifestyle was no longer sustainable. Right. And I had to live like a student. Yeah. When I arrived, I was,、uh, I was amazed at how much cheaper everything was than I expected. Compared to when I first came here, the, the yen is about probably 25 to 30%、uh, less, you know, worth less than it was then. It's a lot more comp- comparable when I, when I go home now.、Um, I don't really notice the, the difference in prices. Definitely, the last、uh, six months, the yen has depreciated significantly. So、uh, it's, it's a good time.、Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yes, it's a good time. It's got, got cheaper for tourists and for people who are earning foreign currencies based in Tokyo. Okay, so let's, so, let's、uh, poodle on, as you say. Indeed, you're learning.、Um, I'll reveal the meaning of poodle at some point in the future, but not yet. So,、um, we're going to talk about recent stuff on the site. We're going to give our Hanami forecast, cover some events. We're going to talk about a new feature on the Tokyo Cheapo website. And our main topic this week is going to be、uh, using VPNs. That's it. So,、um, shall we start with、uh, recent articles on the site? Sure. So,、um, we've been publishing quite a few recently. So, three of the big ones you should probably check out if you haven't visited the site recently. A, an article about how to get from Narita to Tokyo on the cheap. I think we probably pu- published it in the,、uh, the first month after we launched the site. I went back and, and completely、um, read it all the research and, and、uh, found out what the current prices were. So, since we republished it with the update information, it's,、um, it's been huge. It's been our biggest thing on the site. Something interesting I discovered is there's now a, 
a bus that runs from Narita Airport to Tokyo Station for 900 yen. Wow. Which is quite a good deal. And, that's uh, a cheaper deal. Yep. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the biggest article on the site at the, at the moment. And another couple of popular ones are an article about Takia. Well, 42 floors of cheapness. Yes. 42 floors. That's a lot of floors. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're not stacked on top of each other. I mean, if it was a 42-floor skyscraper, like, that would be amazing. But it's, oh, I mean, it's still pretty amazing, but it's spread over about six or seven buildings around one station, and uh, it's called Okachimachi Station near Uno. You know, each of the different buildings is dedicated to something slightly different. So they've got, like, the electronics one, they've got the food one, they've got, the you know, the clothing one, the Louis Vuitton handbag one, which is probably not for, for cheapos. But it's very close to another place called Am- Amayokocho. Oh, yes. Which is That's a, yeah, uh, the outdoor a, market. A, a tourist checkbox item. That's right. So if you're checking out the market, I mean, it, it's really close by, so it probably makes sense to you know, have a look there as well. Amayokocho is a place where you can bargain. Yeah. It's one of those remnants of the old days. Yeah. Uh, presumably in the old days there was haggling like there was in the rest of the world. Yeah, we have a, we have a post about it actually, that, like written by uh, Mine. The history of the whole place is really interesting. It was, uh, it's uh, the remnants of a, a black market that was there after the Second World War. And it's, it's one of the few extant markets like that in, uh, in Tokyo. I remember going there and walking past a dry fruit store where they had like kind of big packs of dried kiwis and dried strawberries and dried apricots. And I kind of only slightly wanted some dried apricots. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was like a thousand yen for a fairly big pack. And the guy wanted to sell me like just five packs for a thousand yen. I didn't really want the extra dried fruit, but it was a thousand yen. And I was going to spend a thousand yen on one pack. So I just got five for the same price. It's uh, it's not a bad deal. I don't know if disinterested is the word or uninterested. I just, you know, I didn't particularly care about the extra discounts. Uh And I think that puts you in a a great position to bargain. If you don't really want the thing anyway, then the seller kind of thinks you're playing, trying to drive a hard bargain, but actually you're just not interested. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've got a bit of experience in, in like really hardcore bargaining. When I lived in Africa, I lived in Ghana. So, ah, so yes. I'd go to the, the markets there and like basically nothing had a fixed price, so you have to bargain for everything. The only problem was I, I kind of um, became so much of a game that, that I started like playing it even when I didn't want to buy something. Yeah. So I'd, I'd kind of start it and I actually accidentally bought a couple of really crappy carvings just because like I, <laughs> I did some stupid offer and the guy just said, yep, and, and like all of a sudden I had them in my hands and he was, had his hand out waiting for the money. Anyway, from bargains to free... Uh, we had an article about the byproducts, leftovers and offcuts. We looked at three things. So the first one was uh, a thing called tenkasu, which are also known as agedama, which is the leftover from making tempura. Bits of crispy batter that yeah, haven't been yeah, used. Yeah. So that, they're great. If you, um, if you enjoy like noodles or something, then it's a good thing to put on the top. Just give it a bit of taste. You can also put them in, uh, what are they called? Uh, takoyaki. Um, the idea is when you're making your takoyaki, you make the, the batter. And then you, mm-hmm. you put a bit of octopus in there, of course, and also, you also put um, agedama. So um, that's, that's the first one. The second one is um, okara, which is the leftover stuff from uh, tofu. When they make it's tofu. also called, what's the other word, hana? Unohana. Unohana, um, yeah. Yeah, they, they all have these kind of like slightly more prosaic names. So uh, like tenkasu just means like leftover tempura kind of stuff. They, they have these kind of negative connotations. So what they've done is they've kind of rebranded them with these... Um, 
these kind of more prosaic names like Unohana and uh, what was the other one? Yeah, uh, Agedama. Talking of um, like giving things funny names, the, the last thing that we uh, covered was something called uh, Pandomimi. Bread ears. Bre- ears of bread, yes. Ears of bread. So, uh, which basically just means crusts. So, crusts and offcuts. These are not very popular in Japan. So, if you, you'll notice if you buy a, a loaf of bread, they never come with the crusts. The crusts are always like, you know, cut off. If you want to get that stuff, quite often if you go to a bakery or, or some little place, especially outside the center of Tokyo, you can sometimes, you know, plead and ask nicely and they'll, they'll give it to you for free. Or, or just a small amount of money, maybe 50 yen and you can get like, you know, about 10 pieces or something. So check out the article on the site with some uh, tips yep. on leftovers. Shall we poodle on to the next item? I'm, I'm not sure because I don't know what poodle means. Well, I'm, um, I'm wondering now. I'm going to tell you at the end of the podcast. Okay. Hanami forecast. It's that season again, as all our Tokyo-based cheapos will no doubt know, and any lucky tourists heading over soon. Um, it's the time where Japan becomes uh, pink, and uh, according to the Yahoo Sakura forecast, the cherry blossom forecast, it's looking like uh, the last few days of March it's likely to start blossoming in central Tokyo. And uh, if you head to the uh, colder areas, you know, the edge of Tokyo, like uh, West Tokyo, Hachioji, places like that, it's probably more likely to be um, starting in the beginning of April. It, it looks a little bit later than last year to me. I mean, the uh, I think from memory last year, around the 23rd of March, it was, it was kind of in full bloom. Whereas it looks like it's going to be like the end of March, start of April for the, the main the main kind of Hanami uh, party season. Yeah. yeah. So looking at, looking at the weekends, I mean, um, if you really want to, if you want to sit shoulder to shoulder with people in, in a park, uh, probably the weekend of the 29th and 30th of March is going to be the big one. So, uh, but probably that week after, week after and week, week before that, you know, if you want to head down on a weekday, you can probably have a nice more relaxed I, I don't know it depends what you're into for Hanami isn't it I mean you know, Hanami is a great thing for meeting people and, and uh, you know having a bit of fun Yoyogi Park is typically like a music festival but just with no music and no security guards or police it, so if that's your thing then Yoyogi Park is yeah I think I think we talked about it before Hanami season last year and we, we had we our, did yeah. episode number six yeah. we um, will link to it in the notes yeah. if you want to hear the full and, and then we um, breakdown and then we actually had our little uh, Tokyo Cheapo Hanami event which uh, I think it was probably the coldest day in the whole of March <laughs> the day we had it it was freezing but it despite that do, do you remember what happened at the uh, the, the large group uh, that was located right next there to us there was pole dancing that's right <laughs> not just no doubt no not just one pole dancer either. I think there was about three. There were three, one of them being some drunk bloke. But there were actually two scantily <laughs> yeah. clad Japanese women yep. doing their routine. And it was about four degrees and it was blowing a gale. Yeah, with their goose-bumped <laughs> skin. <laughs> yeah. So yes, Hanami is coming up soon. And uh, listen to our previous podcast if you want to hear our top tips on making it a cheapo success. So, uh, from Hanami to events, what events have we got coming up, Greg? That's a very good question. I gather there's a Oyama Tofu Festival on the, 20, on the uh, 15th and 16th 
That's right. That's right. So it's not very close to the center of Tokyo. It's actually out in a place, as it says, in Oyama, which is a kind of a distant suburb of Sagamihara, I think. Or it could be um, another city that's right next to that. It's in, it's in uh, Kanagawa Prefecture. It's kind of towards the, the kind of mountainous side of it, you know, going towards Mount Fuji kind of way. So if you're interested in going to that, it's um, it's probably a good idea to organize your trip in advance because it's not the kind of thing where you just, like, wake up on a Saturday morning and, and you know, get on the train. Oh, Isihara is where it is, actually. So Sounds like Odaku Line. Yeah, that's right. So it's Odaku Line and then it's a bus, I think. Uh, quite a long bus ride from there. So actually, the, the thing it's most well known for is a... Um, a an eating competition so basically they have these <clears throat> uh small bowls of what they call i don't know why it's called this but it's called wanko dofu yeah um uh, wanko i guess it's like a bowl i guess that might be what it is um so as opposed to a puppy as opposed to a puppy or, or yeah exactly or, or something less savory <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um but I think what the idea is, is, is this little tofu thing is in a bowl, and you have to eat as many bowls as you can. So um, there's, there's stuff on YouTube about it. It's quite amusing. It looks quite good. So uh, that's one Marvelous. of them. So if, if you fancy some people making themselves sick from overeating, uh-huh. then uh, that's the one for you. Yep. The Oyama Tofu Festival. Marvellous. So penises. <laughs> I think uh, it's maybe a little early, yeah. but it's the next uh, event we've got chronologically on the site. It's the... Uh, Kanamara Penis Festival. Yep. I'm sure uh, many of our cheaper listeners are already fully aware of this festival of fertility. Yeah, I think, and, I think it's uh, probably better known amongst foreigners in Japan than, than Japanese people even. <laughs> Shall we mention anything about the festival or just tell them to go to the site? Go to the site, yep. tokyocheaper.com slash events, yep. and uh, you can see the full breakdown. Yep. Splendid. So... Back to our agenda, we have a new feature being launched imminently. Isn't that correct, Greg? That's, that's correct. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be live. So the feature is the Cheapo Market. I think we need a Cheapo Fanfare. Cheapo Fanfare. So what is the Cheapo Market, Greg? Uh, the Cheapo Market is a collection of cheap-ish products that we think would be useful for people either visiting Japan or living in Japan. So when we launch the market, there'll be two kind of products that we are starting with. One is SIM-free mobiles. So these are all models that you cannot get in, in Japan. So what we're doing is we're, um, we're kind of finding these products. We're putting them on our site. And if you want to buy them, click through and you'll go through to the the merchant site this is not stuff that you can get elsewhere either it's like it's not not the kind of thing if you go to bit camera you can pick up a um a sim free mobile like like these ones you can get a sim free mobile but you can't get these ones like i've had a look at the the phones and the you know bit camera and yurubashi camera and things and the sim free ones are kind of like the leftovers because what happens is all the good phones that come out or even like semi good phones they're, they're snapped up with um, exclusive contracts by, by AU and uh, you know, SoftBank and NTT. The SIM-free mobiles you get in Japan are actually very low quality, but these ones are actually things like uh, the Motorola Moto G, which is a, a very nicely spec phone for, for not that much. I mean, it's, uh, what's the price? It's about 23,000 yen. So, nice. I mean, it sounds like, like a lot, lot of money because people are kind of, they're used to this kind of idea where you go to, 
somewhere like SoftBank or Docomo and, and you sign up for a phone and they give it to you for free, it's not but really... you don't. You pay, pay for it with a contract. That's right. It's not, not like free the at all. iPhone is, you know, 70,000 yen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You so, so, you know, the iPhone is going to cost you 70,000 yen over two years. So, you know, during that time you could buy... You could upgrade your phone three times if you, you know, went for one of these SIM-free mobiles. Yeah. So basically, this market is us finding you some great deals on the internets, which uh, are going to help any cheapo in Japan. Yep. And this, this phone one is great because this is one of the classic things where you overpay in Japan, is you're kind of locked into this two-year contract with your provider, which you have to pay to get out of. You know, you're kind of forced to buy this expensive phone, which you then can't use overseas because it's SIM locked. And um, this is, you know, this has been my trick for the last few years is I always buy an unlocked phone overseas and then use uh, one of the SIM free contracts like B-Mobile. This is great because you're going to be able to uh, order a SIM free phone without having to uh, fly to Hong Kong or whatever. And the really interesting thing is, um, you mentioned B-Mobile. The, there's kind of been an explosion in these kind of, what, what they're, they're called um, uh, MVNOs, which basically means they're mobile virtual network operators. So they, they piggyback on the other networks. So like B-Mobile, for example, piggybacks on the, the NTT network, uh, NTT Docomo network. So there's about, I think there's at least two other companies that are doing that now. So you've got IIJ kind of like uh, supplies a lot of places that put their own brand on it. So you've got like BIC, BIC SIM is a, a brand now. So you can get prepaid SIM cards from BIC. Uh, another one is called uh, OCN, which is actually um, an NTT brand. So that that's what NTT does. They kind of, they go into business against themselves because otherwise, you know, they lose the market. So, and, and it's usually the better product actually. So I, I know, for example, the, the OCN SIM has much faster speeds than the B-Mobile. But anyway, we'll cover that in a future episode, I think. But it's definitely um, it's changed a hell of a lot since, uh, like, you know, in the 14 years I've been here. So um. Splendid. So we should probably mention uh, some of those SIM-free options on the market as well. Cheapo listeners, what, what's the URL? Uh, TokyoCheapo.com slash market? That's correct. Very simple. Yes. So check out the market for um, your cheapo phone solutions. Honorable mention... Uh, I think we've got a couple of language learning deals that we've found, um, which we shall also put into the market. But the uh, the plan is to keep it small, isn't it, Greg? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, just... it's not going to be Amazon. It's going to be stuff that we think people might want or need. So, you know, it's not going to be umbrellas or, um, you know, Hello Kitty toasters or something. Yeah, stuff that's good value and really helpful. Splendid. So check out the cheapo market. So let's talk about our main feature this week, which is using a VPN. Why would somebody in Japan want or need to use a VPN, Greg? Okay, well, this isn't particularly a, a very Japan or Tokyo you know, specific thing. I mean, you know, a VPN is something you can use anywhere. Like, I think you, you can think of it as a tunnel. It allows you to connect to the internet as though you were in a different country. That's right, that's right. So, And yeah. really the main reason I think anyone listening would want to do this for is so they can watch Netflix. Yeah, well, there's a few reasons. I mean, one of them is uh, security. Like, if you're a bit paranoid or, you know, because they've got some really draconian laws in Japan recently about uh, things like downloading, you know, copyright movies and stuff. I mean, not, I'm not saying you should do that, but, you know, if you were to do that and get caught in Japan, there, you, you know, you can, there's some quite serious jail time. So that's one reason. But as you say, the other reason is... Um, 
you know, watching things like Netflix, Hulu, uh, iPlayer. I've been testing out a few VPNs, uh, free VPNs actually, from Japan to see what the speed's like and you know what, what they're like to, to, to use and connect to. To date, I've ch- tested three different VPNs. Kind of sound like a really scary kind of technical thing, doesn't it? You know, virtual private network. Yeah, virtual private network. VPN stands for. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, it's not the kind of thing where you have to kind of take your computer apart and put on a an extra board and then, you know, you know, learn how to program in C and then down, <laughs> download a compiler and all that kind of stuff. It's really simple. All you've got to do is get either a piece of software that you download off one of these, these websites, that, you know, these providers, or you can use like a, um, your own piece of software and just, you know, put the, the config information in there and just open it up. So um, the three that I, I have managed to test so far are one is called um, XPN Pro, so uh, XPN Pro is a uh, it's an American-based one, um, and they have an unlimited plan for free. So uh, you can use it for as much as you want. There are a few restrictions. You can only get a US-based um, like address. So it means you can watch Netflix, you can watch Hulu, but you can't watch uh, BBC iPlayer, for example. Uh, and the other restriction is the the speed's kind of not 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 the best. It's not that flash. Um, using that one, I was able to, you know, like I started it up and I went to Netflix. I signed up for the, the free one-month trial. And Cheapo. I, <laughs> well, I might even pay for it when it's finished. I'm not sure. It's it's Because um, there's a pile of movies there, you know. If, if you've been in Japan and you've seen, like, you know, what the sites have to offer and, you know, cable TV and things over here, it's it's kind of really rubbish. Yeah. So uh, You know, anecdote, Greg. I signed up for a free trial on Netflix. Oh, yeah? And then I cancelled it. And then I signed up for another one using a different credit card uh-huh. and cancelled it. And then I did another one doing a different credit card and cancelled that. And then I did it with PayPal. Right. I went through four free trials. But now, actually, I pay for it because, um, yeah, it's, uh, they've got me hooked. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, the, uh, the interface, and you can, you, know, you can make different accounts for different... I mean, it's, you know, if anyone's used Netflix, I know what it is, but... I guess if you're not American, you probably haven't used Netflix. It's awesome. So even though that, that VPN was relatively slow, I, I still managed to watch the, I think, an episode of Sherlock Holmes without any kind of buffering or anything. It was, it was fantastic. Now, another one was called uh, VPN Book. Uh, and this one is really unusual because the other ones, like XPN Pro, for example, they have a free plan, but they have a paid plan. So, you know, the idea is, you know, the, the, the free plan is kind of rubbish. So, you know, you, know, you, you upgrade to the, the paid plan. But VPN Book is completely free. They don't even have a, a paid plan. It's um, it's all ad supported, as far as I can tell. So, uh, they have a few advantages over XPN Pro in that you can actually you can connect to a UK VPN. I, I did the same with that. It was quite a bit slower than um, uh, XPN Pro, which is kind of surprising because that was already slow. But um, the Hulu worked fine. Um, also. The uh, what else did I do? Uh, iPlayer. I, I managed to get on, uh, onto the UK one, and um, uh, iPlayer was not that hot actually. It was kind of I, I watched an episode of um, Top Gear. It was kind of every now and then it would it would buffer, and then it would, I'd get this message saying, um, you know, you you don't have enough bandwidth to to you know watch this, and it just stops. So what I did is I just reloaded it and restarted. But it's not. It's kind of not really that good. The other advantage of that is it's completely it's also completely unlimited like the uh the XPM Pro. Yeah. So um you can you know watch as much as you like. And and the last okay, the last uh one I checked out was one called uh Security Kiss. And it's supposed to be for uh keep it simple stupid. So uh this is another free one so 
and it also has um, servers in the US and UK and a couple of other places. Uh, this one had outstanding speed, so I was getting um, download speeds of like seven megabits per second um, out of the US. Nice. And like uh, up to about four, three to four through the, uh, from the UK. You know, there was there was no problem streaming iPlayer. You know, no no kind of buffering in, in Hulu. The issue with this one is it's it's severely limited. You're limited to 300 megabytes a day. This is the kind of thing. Like, I mean, if you're actually thinking about security, this might be a good thing because you know, if you if you take the videos that you watch each day out of the equation, you could probably keep within that cap. But uh, for example, if you if you stream one hour of iPlayer content, that's about 320 megabytes, I think, kind of um, standard bandwidth. So you know, you could probably watch one episode of a TV program. Actually, something else interesting about this one is there's another um, in, the, in the US there's a site. Uh, Fox, Fox.com, you know, Fox TV. So The Simpsons and Family Guy and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't actually able to watch it through either Pro XPN. Actually, I didn't check on VPN book, but I wasn't able to watch it through Pro XPN. So I suspect that what Fox has done is they've actually blacklisted those IPs that they use uh, in the US. So even though you're, you're going through a VPN, you're kind of um, you're surfacing in the US and that place where you're surfacing has been blacklisted by um by fox so, they know yeah what people are doing yeah exactly according so, to it yep so um th- those are the three i tested so what, what i would kind of recommend um people do is that there's actually a few more options especially if you're on windows i only have mac and, and linux so i don't have as many options but if you're on, if you're on windows there's a few others like um uh cyber ghost vpn um is one uh okay freedom hotspot shield so uh, there's a few other options, but you have another option, right, Chris? Like a, like a kind of a hack, well, hack, hack it yourself. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, this I'm preaching to the choir. But anybody who already has a server in the states or the UK or uh, whichever country they want to go via, you can just create your own SSH tunnel by uh, um, a single command on the command line of your uh, machine. But um, I'm guessing most people probably know this. If you don't know this, maybe you've got a, uh, a hosting account or a dedicated server or a virtual server somewhere. If you've got a secure shell account, then you can just um, yeah, type in this one line, which I'll cut and paste into the show notes. And then that gives you a secure shell tunnel. And then all you need to do is go to your um, internet connection settings and turn on a proxy, which... Um, uh, I guess we can do a screenshot for that as well. Cool. But um, as I say, it's, I'm probably preaching to the choir because if you've already got a server somewhere, you probably know about doing an SSH tunnel. Yeah, and if, if you don't have your own server and you don't know what a command prompt is, prompt is just probably, yeah. Turn your ears off. Yeah. <laughs> you try one of these instead, the VPN book or uh, ProXPN or, or uh, Security Kiss. Splendid. And from VPNs to tunnels of feedback from our users via iTunes to our ears. But before we mention any of the feedback, what were you going to say, Greg? Give us feedback. Yes, yes, indeed. We, we, um, we want to hear from you. So, uh, I mean, in the, in, in the past, we've kind of read out feedback as it's come in, but we're, we're specifically asking you now to send us your feedback, you know, send us the feedback of this episode, 
if you've got any tips on on saving money or or you know awesome deals or whatever, um, please send them in and we'll we'll read it out in the podcast or um, record your own audio and we'll, we'll play it. You know, we're going to set up that Speakpipe plugin, so you'll be able to just go, go to the site and in the sidebar look out for the Tokyo Cheapo podcast um, section. There'll be a button there where you can just click and record a message. Yeah, nothing nothing abusive, please. <laughs> <laughs> So, we had two glowing five-star reviews recently. Um, I'm going to read them out. Review number one from Giles uh, Poitras from the States. And uh, the title is, As a Tight-Fisted Traveler, five stars. And here's the review. I really like Tokyo Cheapo as a resource and ways to save money while having a great time in my favorite city to visit, Tokyo. I've already mastered the skill of enjoying three weeks in Tokyo for under 2,800 bucks, including airfare and lodgings. I fly from San Francisco. Well, thank you, Giles. Glad to hear we are helping you uh, improve your cheapo skills. So one more review to read out. Love it. Five stars by MC Mikey Mike, also from the US. Love the podcast, even if I don't live in Japan. Witty banter and overall enjoyable. And I'd just like to say neither of those people are either our friends or family. So (laughs) that's quite impressive. Indeed. Yes. So let's finish on the... uh, uh, The pizza rant. The pizza rant, yes. Not really. I noticed on on Twitter, Time Out Tokyo, mentioning, um, recommending this pizza place in Nakameguro, which um, I used to go to. And it's, uh, it's pretty good. But it's one of those places where, typical in Japan, um, it was featured on TV or something, and now there's just always a line of about 100 people queuing outside of it. And um, it's not the best pizza place in Tokyo. It's just, it's basically some nice, traditional, Italian-style, thin-crust pizza. But, of course, anyone who's been reading Tokyo Cheaper will note that, um, as we've mentioned many times, there's a whole um, explosion, a plethora of cheap, high-quality Italian pizza options now, most notably Semper Pizza, where you can get a... Mar- is it a margarita for 350 yen? Uh, uh, it's actually a uh, marinara. A marinara, which is just which, like the sauce. Which I, pre- I prefer to a, a margarita anyway. It's the, it's but basically, there's a whole plethora of sub-500 yen classic Italian pizza options in Tokyo now without a one-hour line of um, lemmings. <laughs> and so um, I, just, I just kind of posted on our Facebook page and on Twitter um, a link to both the Time Out article and our own article or articles on pizza saying uh, 1,000 yen for overhyped pizza with a one-hour queue or 350 yen for very tasty, no ridiculous queue pizza. So there we go. There's the pizza rant. Yep. Listen to Tokyo Cheapo because we will find you the bargains. Damn, I'm, get, I'm getting if hungry. You don't, if you don't want the bargains and you're happy to queue for an hour, then keep reading Time Out. <laughs> oh, come on, we, we don't hate Time Out. I mean, Time Out's... No, we don't. We don't. It, I, in fact, I always remember, I, for, uh, I forget who it was exactly, but, you know, in uh, kind of business advice, is like, it's like, pick, call, choose an enemy. Call, start call them out. Someone. Call them out. Yeah, smack down. Yeah. <laughs> Smackdown. Anyway, this is what we stand for, cheapos. We're bringing you the uh, high-quality hacks, the cheapo tips, so you can get the best out of Tokyo without the queues and paying the over, 
overinflated prices. Exactly. Splendid. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our Cheapo podcast. So uh, thanks for listening. Look forward to joining you next time. Okay. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Poodle was a character from the British animation of the late 70s, early 80s called The Flumps. Poodle was the smallest of the characters in The Flumps and uh, my dad used to call me and my brother Poodles. And uh, although he claims to have invented the word Poodle, I don't think he did. I think it was just simply The Flumps. However, using the uh, verb to Poodle, I believe it might be a first. I don't think I've heard anywhere else in the world the term to Poodle. So there you go. Dates, dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads. Another amazing podcast magic production.